Welcome back to another episode of In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpen, and yes, it's 2023. We started the podcast during the pandemic in 2020, and now we're in season three. I'm so excited about season three. I'm excited about you guys downloading and sharing the podcast. We're at 7,000 downloads. So it's been incredible that you guys have supported one of Mississippi's own. Welcome back to another episode of In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpen, and we have a great interview coming up. This is a guy I've been wanting to get on the podcast for almost over a year. Um, He's done such an incredible job at his current high school, of Lanier High School, since becoming the head coach there. So without further ado, 28 years in the coaching profession, I would like to introduce and welcome Lanier High School head football coach, Michael Ashford. Coach Ashford, welcome and thanks for joining. Uh, I'm, I'm a, it's, a, it's my pleasure. So, Coach, 28 years coaching, um, currently at Lanier High School now. Um, talk about maybe what you to Lanier. Lanier is a place that's not – a powerhouse. Lanier is a place that's not a a, a Knoxville County. Um, obviously, going in, you knew there was there was a challenge there. Kind of kind of walk the listeners through that time and why you ultimately decided to go there. Well, um, it was the Jackson State Alcorn game, and um, a couple of guys that I was at school with at Alcorn that went to Lanier, and um. And they knew the scuttlebug that was going on in Jackson. I didn't have a clue. And I had no plans of leaving um, Knoxville County. And um, they just asked, just told me it was three schools that was coming open. They said Jim Hill, Merle, and um, Lanier. And one of them said, out of the three, Merle would be your best shot and stuff like that. And I said, well, I, I'm, you know, I already knew. Uh, the coach that was already there at uh, Lanier Stapleton. And I was like, well, he seemed like he's going to be fine. You know, I ain't think nothing of it. And then then I got a call again when they let go the three coaches, uh, Zach Grady. You know, he was at Merle at the time. And he and I, and I had just finished talking with him at the game. And, uh, and that's how it came about. And then I just said, I'll give it a try. But like I said, inner city school, I didn't coach in Chicago, so that wasn't going to be an issue. And the program that I took over and won a championship with, Diet Academic Center, uh, <laughs> we scrimmaged the middle school team, and they, we tied with them. So <laughs> I knew we were going to be, <laughs> you know, it was going to be a tough road to hold, but they, you know, brought the same system, and we won a championship and lost a championship with that group at Diet Academic Center in Chicago. So, you know, it was no me being scared of um, challenges. That's not me. I like to take them on, and uh, and I didn't have a I didn't have an idea. But once I went and met with Mr. McDonald and we talked some things out and told him what I need to at least be in the ballpark of being able to compete in football. And he was able to get it done. Gave us a, you know, a modified athletic block, not like some of the other schools have, where you can get all your kids at the 
all your athletes, all your football players, and shoot, you can go on and get ready, you know. Can't get them all on the same day, so. But at least we had a block at the end of the day to get something done. Coach, you said so much uh, there. Um, you said you, you had experience with uh, turnaround inner city school program. Um, what were some of the parallels at, at the previous school as far as challenges that um, you faced when you got to Lanier? Uh, well, my previous school, <laughs> we didn't have uniforms. Uh, one game, <laughs> one game, I told the kids, the other school not going to budge. They the home team. They want to wear their home colors. I mean, uh, they had their light colors they're going to wear, and we had to wear our dark colors. Only problem is the coach that was before me didn't collect his jerseys back up when he, you know, he wasn't coming back. He was from Mississippi, and then he went back to Mississippi and didn't pick up his stuff. So I said, fellas, if you want for us to be so we won't forfeit this game, y'all going to have to um, make a decision. Y'all going to have to go and find y'all some black jerseys, and, uh, <laughs> and we had to play in them. And guess what? Those kids did. My center had number 22 on Atlanta Falcon jersey. Another one had Pittsburgh Steelers jersey. <laughs> so, <laughs> so a lot of those guys went out and got them a, a, a NFL jersey or a college black jersey. I think one had an Iowa jersey on and went out there and played some football. Once I saw they was they those kids said, hey, we're going to play. We're going to get us a jersey. And they played in that. I knew we was going to be all right. That's, that's that's literally for the love of the game, wouldn't you say? <laughs> yes. That, hey, they really <laughs> they really went out there and got those jerseys. Because I only had 15 jerseys. We had built the team up to 30 players. You know, I didn't coach eight-man ball. That When we first got there, we were doing eight-man ball. Build your numbers up for Jackson Public Schools to let you play 11-man football, and we did that. Got the numbers up, got the interest up, had the kids going to seven-on-seven camps and football camps. And <clears throat> you know there's no spring football in Illinois at that time. I don't think it still is in spring football. So, so we, Coach, during that time in Illinois, and, and I know, you know, I, I haven't coached outside the state of Mississippi, but I know um, a lot of other states don't have spring football. What are programs doing during the spring um uh, during that time well um be honest with you they um <laughs> they did some football stuff <laughs> okay <laughs> they did football stuff um you know i you know as long as i had the gym and i was the gym teacher there <clears throat> we put down um put down the bags that i had we did bag drills we did um we did football pacific drills you know we didn't light up in pads like you would do in spring but we did drills you know foot footwork drills hand-eye coordination drills you know catching the football getting the quarterback at least you know throwing the ball getting his steps right and stuff like that because i only had three coaches that was me and uh another firefighter and my dad was the defense coordinator so we had three coaches and we had like 40 some kids that we had to coach up and get special teams done and all of that. So. So, Coach, you know, just for the young coaches that may be listening uh, to this, 
I mean, what would you tell them, you know, um, every program in the state of Mississippi don't have the resources and facilities of some of the top programs, but, you know, by you coaching it in the inner city in Illinois and, um, and in Jackson currently, you guys go without a lot of things. Uh, talk about maybe how, you know, sometimes if you really want to coach or you really believe in yourself, you have to go out there and really use what you have to make it happen. Well, uh, I saw a lot of that under Coach Miller. Nosby uh, uh, County was <laughs> one of the worst programs probably in the state and in the country at the time when he left Louisville and took the head coaching job you know that was his second stint there at Knoxby County and uh and uh <laughs> it was rough because I was like I, I didn't know how Mississippi did foot high school football I did my practicum teaching at Port Gibbs and I kind of had an idea but when you start seeing parades early in the year, you know, like the second game of the season, I like, I told coach, I said, coach, Mississippi does football big. <laughs> kind of looked at me and said, we on homecoming. I said, homecoming, the second game of the season. Yeah. We, on, we got homecoming. We'd be on somebody else homecoming the next week. <laughs> I was like, wow. So, <laughs> so I had an understanding how bad, Nosby County was, even though Nate Wayne came out of Nosby County and went on to Ole Miss and De and, uh, and Darren Connors, yeah, you know, you know, at that time before the end. So, you know, so coach, what were some of the things that you remember, you know, coaching with Coach Miller that you guys did at Nosby County that, that basically turned them from a non-contending team to a contending team? One was this. Uh, I brought something that I saw at the University of Illinois. I had a cousin, uh, famous, that was playing at the University of Illinois, and uh, and uh, they had Illinois had a great defense. And then we saw a college practice. I was at Corliss High School at the time, and um, inside shell. I saw inside shell. Didn't know anything about it. Never saw that before. But inside shell where they worked on nothing but the run game. And then I brought that same idea to Coach Miller. And he liked it. We, I mean, at the time, he had got the numbers up, so we was able to split it up. We have the first group <clears throat> doing inside shell against second defense where we're doing inside, and then they had seven-on-seven seven going on, and then the linebackers flip and come back over, and the running backs flip. And now the quarterback goes over there and throw the ball. The other quarterback come back <clears throat> and work on his handoffs on all the runs. So that was one of the big things that we was able to isolate and <clears throat> turning that program around, doing, you know, bringing something like that and uh, doing a lot of goal line, uh, being physical out there. And uh, we, I run the same system that we ran all those years ago. We know Chris Jones was a freshman at the time. Uh, he was on our ninth grade team, and he was the quarterback. So those were things that we, we did out there. So, Coach, you, um, I, I, I remember the first time meeting you. Um, we, we were at a, 
a camp at Clinton High School. I was with uh, Coach Ernest. Um, I was working at Collins High School, and uh, we took a player, Mark McLaurin, up to a traveling camp. That was that summer, that that whole big deal about, you know, universities could come into other states and host the camp. And um, we were at Clinton High School, and you had brought uh, Jeffrey Simmons from Knoxville with you. I think you were in a school van or something. Yeah, we, we was in the school van. We brought him. We and, brought you, him. and you told me he had just worked out, what, three hours with the high school, and then he came to the camp. Right. And, and he stayed out there and kept yeah. going. So uh, kind of talk about his motor some and yeah. how special he was. Oh, he was a great kid, great kid to coach. N- never got in trouble in the school. Never, n- I mean, no issues. Uh, outstanding. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people don't realize he left there with <clears throat> several state championships, not just in football. You know, he he had a track championship. He uh, won a powerlifting. He was a powerlifting champ also. <clears throat> so he was a great athlete, always was looking. You know, um, we even went to Delta, uh, Delta State. You know, he went there, the head coach, I think is still the head coach there now, appreciated <clears throat> that we brought him up there and we was up there again in a van. And uh, and the thing about it was, the Clinton thing was, <clears throat> he asked Coach Shorter, I guess he was nervous because he knew I was kind of tired and I was just, had <clears throat> just came the, the past day from Delta State. <clears throat> now he got invited to the Clinton but he wanted his teammates, you know, he wanted some of his teammates to work, go get uh, experience going working at that satellite program too. <clears throat> and, and Coach Shorty came to me and said, I think they don't want to ask you because they know you. I said, it's no problem, Coach. <clears throat> we'll go. And then I think we end up coming back through Flowood. We stopped at the Waffle House and I bought them, bought them all something to eat at the Waffle House and, uh, and that's how the camp went. You know, went over there, took him to <clears throat> Alabama, and uh, took him up there <clears throat> to Ole Miss and, of course, Mississippi State. So, he, you know, he, we, took him, we took him everywhere, and he was a great kid. His brother was a great kid, Dylan Bradley. You know, he played at uh, USM and ended up going to the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so... So how many how many stints did you have at Knoxby? I had two stints at Knoxby. Um, so talk about the second stint. Obviously, the second one was maybe much, you know, a bit different from your first stint. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, when you left, I remember you guys you had won a state championship, or they had won back to back state championships. Yeah, we had won back to back state championships, and then we fell short at Pontotoc. <clears throat> that group there, uh, we fell short at Pontotoc. They um, came back and won the game at Pontotoc and knocked us out the playoff because the next round was been us facing our old foe again in 4A, which was Lafayette. And um, <clears throat> we lost that game. It was a heartbreaker for us. But uh, like I said, you know, you got to take your hats off. Pontotoc was ready for us that night. And um, they had a good game plan, and we made some mistakes. They capitalized and they came out with the victory. So, Coach, what did you uh, – obviously, you, you took a lot of stuff 
um, from maybe your times at Knoxville and uh, in Illinois and other stops. What what were some of the main components you, you took from those years that you implemented at Lanier High School with your program now? One, you know, I, I even coached under um, the Hall of Fame coach and alongside a Hall of Fame coach in um, uh, Mike Justice. I coached under him at Anniston. A lot of people know that to Alabama, but they they went, they always talk about the other school, but they never say anything about him coaching at Anniston. He did a year and a half at Anniston. And I learned a lot under him about being simple, keeping the game simple. Uh, uh, the assistant coach was Lynn Moore. I coached against Lynn Moore when he was at West Point and coached beside him, another Hall of Fame coach, Lynn Moore, and uh, coached beside him at Anniston. So those were some fun times right there, learning under both of those coaches too. So it was great, you know. I was just blessed to be under Coach Miller, coached under Mike Justice for a year, and uh, coached alongside Coach Lynn Moore. So, Coach, I know, I know the guys you're talking about, Coach Justice. Uh, I think he, uh, I was, he was. I know he coached at Madison Central. Was one maybe. Uh, was the first coach to win a state championship there, if I'm correct? Yes, yes. He won one in Louisville. In Louisville, and then Coach Lynn Moore um, yeah. is, is still in education today in athletics uh, yeah. from my hometown, and he, he was at Louisville and some other stops. Yes. Uh, now, now, you're speaking to a lot of young coaches that have access to YouTube, Twitter, where they can get all kind of plays and – everything under the sun uh go back to what you were saying about keeping the game simple why is that still important or so important uh, you think in football well one thing i believe in getting away from fads and uh and just going back to i'm just old school just going back to the simplicity of football uh, i was showing one of our players the other day sitting down, I think Notre Dame was playing a Navy. And both teams was running the Notre Dame box. <laughs> and I said, and we sat there and he was watching it and looking at it. He said, Coach, that looked something like the wing tee. I said, that's where the wing tee come out. This is the original. And I said, this is, this is football right here. You know, very few forward passes. The game is still won on the ground. Just keeping it simple. Uh, <clears throat> and people like throwing the ball all over the place. I believe in throwing play action passes and having to do, you know, pattern routes to throw. But my philosophy is being physical up front on both sides of the ball. That's where you win games at in the trenches. Everything else is for the fans to cheer and jump up about but it's them grunts that's right there on the line of scrimmage it's that running back it's that fullback it's that tight end you know if you got a good tight end that can catch and can block <clears throat> you get you a solid fullback walk fullback that's a thumper and can get you a tough you know one or two yards that you needed uh you know still getting in a little bit of the powers eye and a little wishbone and also run a little wing t and double wing and also run some of the options. I mean, if you go and look at 
Army and Navy, why are they able to compete with those other schools is because those other schools can't simulate Army and Navy in a week of practice. That's true. That's and true. Navy and Army can still kind of simulate what other people do because they got to do a two-minute drill too. So they got to spread people out and have a practice session of a two-minute drill, which means they are getting at least <clears throat> working on coverages and stuff like that doing two minutes every day in practice. So it's, it's, it's just, you just find something if, you know, like we did at Lanier, we found something that worked at Nosby County. <clears throat> of course, now Nosby County is more throwing now. If you watch the last state championship game they played against uh, Riley. Uh, <clears throat> but, you know, like now, you just do something that's real simple. You know, uh, it's, it's just textbook stuff, blocking and tackling. And uh, and that's and who does the best of that and cut down on mistakes are usually the ones that's going to win the game at the end. I'm old school with that philosophy. I know some kids, know some people's getting in my kids' head talking about, oh, they need to throw the ball around, need to spread. Because when they start, when I know they don't know nothing about football and they start asking me something about the spread, I know somebody's been talking to them. Yeah. Yeah. So talk about, um, I don't, I can't remember if it's, it was your first year. Um, again, listeners, you're listening in your own words podcast. I'm Chris Dickpin. And today my guest is Lanier high school head football coach, Michael Ashford coach, your first to second year at Lanier, you guys go to the playoffs. Talk about that season. Well, the first year I got there and I looked at it at the spring, I looked at it and I told my dad, I said, Dad, <clears throat> it's probably going to take us seven years just to score a touchdown with this bunch. Wow. He looked at me. <laughs> he, 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 he looked down. <clears throat> I said, well, we're going to just roll up our sleeves and get to work. And um, and they really hadn't went to 7-on-7, seven seven, so I took them to East Mississippi, did some 7-on-7. Seven seven. They had a little success there. And uh, <clears throat> we put in some work. We still had problems, and we still do to this day, uh, about kids coming to practice, you know, coming to practice, you know, low-income area and stuff like that. There's another form of um, income to come into the house. And we never, and we always got to go back over stuff because that person wasn't here because they had to go to work and stuff like that. That's some of the stuff we have to deal with that I wasn't used to dealing with before, but now we're dealing with it now. So we, and the good thing is we're running stuff that's simple. I didn't know this was going to happen, but good, good thing that we run a simple system where we don't ask a whole lot out of the quarterback and uh <clears throat> and those are the things we um that's the only thing we really concentrate on is just keep it simple just keep it simple uh be physical run fast and and we, like i said we always reteaching because you know our makeup of the team is basically a jv we're, we're real jv uh when you at this stage and you teaching kids how to put on equipment, we had kids that didn't even know how to put on a girl. We had <clears throat> my dad gave one kid shoulder pads. And he asked them, he said, well, coach, can you give me shoe strings? And he said, and dad gave him shoe strings. And uh, 
<laughs> and kids said, so well, how are we gonna do it? Say do it like you tie your shoes. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to tie no shoes because I never tied them. So he didn't know how to string up his own shoulder pads. So a lot of things that some of these other programs that are situated don't have to go through, but we're going through it, you know, right now and teaching stands and starts like you would do in elementary and stuff like that. We're doing with a lot of kids that's 15, 16, and even 17 years old that have never done it before, but wants to come out for football. And I'm not going to turn them away. But uh, we're going to bring them out there and teach what comes out there and do the best we can on Friday nights. So, Coach, what since you've been, what has been your um, philosophy on, you know, get, allowing kids to come out? I know it's it maybe a little different um, at Lanier than it is at a contending school. Are you more selective or less selective on who you allow to come out? for football because, um, you know, a lot of kids get interested around that time, but you may not have everyone who's committed to doing the things that um, you want and need them to do. Well, as long as it's a public institution, anybody can come out. And the is, is this. Uh, I don't believe in cutting anybody. I believe they cut themselves. Uh they know the rules. You know you have to be at practice. You know you what, what you're supposed to do in the classroom. We're not, we, we're not one of those programs that can handle distraction well. So we I have to make the tough decision. And, um, and um, pretty much go another route with a kid. So, and I, you know, one time we had 68 kids. We... I trimmed it all the way down to 50 in the middle of the season. So uh, those things have to have, you have to have some form of discipline. Uh, and you have to get uh, rid of the ones that's, you know, you hate to do that, but because they're young, you still want them around. And if they decide they want to come back, then they can come back uh, the following year. You know, it's not a punishment for life. But it's just hopefully that kid will learn not to make that same mistake or do those same things that got him off the team the first time. No doubt. Coach, let's segue. Um, you you have a unique situation where you've coached with your dad or you're coaching with your dad. Kind of talk about what that's been like. And um, is that something you guys always talked about um, once you got in the career, uh, the, the career field or what? Uh, no, <laughs> sometimes, you know, it's hard to fuss at your dad and he's fuss at me and stuff like that. I'm still the son. He gets his point across. I get mine's across. And, uh, but like I say, he's been, he coached on both sides of the ball. Uh, Coach Ashford is, a, is in the Alcorn Hall of Fame. You know, he's was a running back. He was inducted in the Alcorn Hall of Fame as a running back, played in the 60s, and and he coached. We coached against each other, too, in Chicago. I was at Morgan Park. He was at Dunbar High School. And uh, as a matter of fact, we was on ESPN Radio, big-time game. A lot of big stars was playing that day, and they beat us. But you can imagine how that house was. 
He's at one school, I'm at the other school. We both in the same house together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so you've been coaching 28 years. How long has Dad been coaching? Oh shoot! Uh, when I was in high school, he was coaching uh, football. He's his main job is he was a Chicago firefighter. Uh, he's also a Vietnam vet, Purple Heart recipient too. Wow. Um, and happy Memorial Day to your dad <laughs> and all the other uh, men and women that served in the military. Yeah, and he, um, he, um, uh, firefighter, uh, did that, uh, retired from it. So, uh, what you call a cadre substitute teacher? That's a in Illinois. That's a in Chicago. That's a sub that's guaranteed work every day. Okay. Okay. And, and a school can request that sub to be there full time and they get paid the day before a holiday and the day after. So that was like, I think that back then it was like $115 a day. The um, subs get paid. And then he also had a coaching supplement also. <laughs> With the Chicago firefighters, you can, you work one day, and you get two days off, you work one day, you get two days off, and then you work one day and get five days off. Okay. That's how it works. So he's able to coach at those high schools. And then when I got the head coaching job, he left Dunbar and came. And we coached there at Dunbar, I mean, at um, Diet Academic Center. Okay. So, Coach, um, let's, let's segue. Um, talk about – um, your upcoming season, um, how did how did the spring go for you guys? Well, we um, played the 4A state champs, uh, Louisville, played Coach Short in there. Uh, we lost 28 to uh, 6. Uh, basically, our kids were getting, uh, you know, Louisville, a great football team. There's nothing, you know, you can't take nothing from them. And that's what your kids need to see. <clears throat> they need to see kids like, not, I mean, Louisville and Knoxville County or Starford that takes football serious um, and going to put in the work in it. So a lot of them young kids out there got a chance to see a lot of those kids that touched out there. <clears throat> they was nervous. They were scared. <laughs> they, this was their first real live, you know, we did, we could try to simulate as much as we can in practice, but it's different when you know somebody. Now you got to play against people that you don't know, and they just came off winning the state championship, and a lot of those kids are back at Louisville. And, you know, and that's a great program. You know, a lot of gold balls in that Golden Triangle area. When you're talking about West Point, you're talking about Louisville, you're talking about Knoxville County, you're talking about those 2A and 3A schools with Nanny Warriors <coughs> and, uh, <coughs> and, and Ackerman and you know, which they combine now. Choctaw County. Choctaw County, yeah. So so there's a lot of state championships in that area right there, in that Golden Triangle area. And you got to come there and play some football. So I like going up there, <clears throat> getting into those jamborees and getting our kids to see that, you know, to see see those type of football players and, and try to compete against them. So that's going to make them better. Okay, coach. Let's let's maybe switch gears. Um, you know, um, I've always said 
you know, when I go to a school, whether I'm assistant coach or head coach, I try to outlast the current administration. Um, talk about how important administration is maybe, um, you know, for a successful program. What are some of the things that they could do to help um, you, yourself as a head coach, your coaches, and your players? Well, one was um, both – I was just blessed to have two principals that uh, work within the framework that could work with us, you know, because at the end of the day, it's the superintendent that runs the whole school system. And we was blessed to be, do some things, get our kids a little early, like homecoming week. Can we get our kids at one, like some of your larger schools do? But that's something they do every day, though. But uh, <laughs> that they can do. And uh, get that practice in at one by the time four o'clock hits, you know, those schools can go, you know, they kids can go home. We still after school with the way we uh, our normal practice. But when you got homecoming, got um, senior night, Again, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin. Today, my guest is Lanier High School head football coach, Coach Michael Ashford. Lanier High School is located in Jackson, Mississippi. Coach, before um, we got off, I asked you about the importance of uh, having a supportive administration. Kind of talk about that song. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was I – was Mr. McDonald and uh, Dr. Bradley, <clears throat> two principals, you know, she came in after he had left and they worked with us. Uh, once we got into our first year, we got into the playoffs. <clears throat> I asked Mr. McDonald, can we get the kids early since we're getting ready for the playoffs? And he was all for it <clears throat> that week for us to get, you know, get that work in because it was something, you know, only – Two other coaches in the history of uh, Lanier ever went to the playoffs, Albert Smith and uh, Coach Griffin. And uh, <laughs> somebody let me know now that, uh, uh, and I think the principal got it, got a, a copy of it now. Since I got here in 2017, we had 17 kids to sign on the dotted line for colleges. Wow. For football from 2017 to 2000. Uh, 23 and how and they had how many how many did they have before you got there do you know between the latest coaches okay and i didn't because they told me that i didn't know it i wasn't keeping up with it i didn't even know about the 17 until somebody printed it out for me and i got it outside my office that that's an incredible uh, accomplishment for you guys as a program um now i guess you know i didn't really know until i moved to the area and started coaching in the area and now that i'm in hines county myself at terry um you know you have lanier alumni all over the city and all over the county so what what is this 833 that um I see all around that's associated with Lanier. Oh, they are a great fan base. They supportive. Uh, you know, they <clears throat> just uh, got an, uh, I got an account with the alumni. Uh, 
donate and put money in it. Um, long with it, we got a booster club that we are building up now for football. So they do a great job in support. Always asking what you need and what, uh, what can we do and stuff like that. So <clears throat> right now, you know, Lanier is going to be going from seven to twelve. That's right. Community school. <clears throat> and now we're going to try to get a coaching staff down there for middle school. Try to get that situated down there. They're going to run the same thing that we run at high school. So that way we're not reteaching anything. Basics of <clears throat> the offense, the basics of the defense, uh, and go from there. So they'll know the terminology. So move on up. It'll be every other program that has a feeder system. And that'll be a, a, a positive thing for you guys, correct? <clears throat> yes, that'd be, that'd be, uh, I mean, it's not going to turn us around, you know, in the instance, but it, it has to gradually get done. And, uh, and like I said, going to try to get two coaches down there <clears throat> to help and, um, uh, show them what we're doing and let them coach middle school and also get up there and get um, some um, high school uh, ninth grade game work too. Okay. So, Coach, um, are you guys remaining for a um, – talk about your region. Is your region going to change any? Uh, yes. Uh, South Pike dropped down to 3A. Uh, Ridgeland – I mean, yeah. Richland is coming in. North Pike went back up to 5A. And so who who's currently now in your new region? Uh Rich Richland, Richland, uh Macomb, Raymond, us, and Wingfield. Okay. Okay. Um and so what do you I know Raymond and who else was in it, in it previously? Uh, Macomb and uh, North Pike and South Pike. Okay. okay. Those are the teams that – South Pike is now dropped to 3A. Uh, North Pike is now up to 5A, so Richland takes their spot. <clears throat> and uh, so that's the situation we're in right now. Okay, so coach, uh, real quickly, talk about um, what what are your plans for the summer for your team? What days you're going to be working now? Do you have any camps or anything uh, that you have scheduled? Yes, we're going. Um, uh, we got the JPS seven on seven. We're going to Colin. Um, we got going try to. We got it scheduled to go to East Central. Uh, seven on seven, and we're gonna take some linemen up there for the camp. Also, Mississippi State, uh, same deal. Seven on seven, <laughs> and uh, and get some uh, linemen in their camp. Uh, we also got a plan for um, prospect camp where they're gonna go down there to USM, getting the kids on some, you know, getting them to see some campuses and work out and see how you know other kids like that and basically uh 
get those um, camps in. Okay. So, Coach, um, who do you have on your non-region schedule? On non-region schedule, we have Merle, Jim Hill, uh, Wickerson County, and Newton County. I mean, Newton. Newton is smaller school. Okay. So, are you taking them by week week six? Uh, no. Okay. Actually, no. actually, Merle was put in that spot because Merle has went um, Merle has went um, independent. That's correct. Okay. And Jim Hill is independent. So that's the reason why we're able to play them this year. Because uh, 5A used to start their district third game of the season. And that's why we had, Jim Hill had been off our schedule. Because we usually play them that early. And we have not, since I've been there, have uh, not played Merle at all high school-wise. And this will be the first time. Okay. So, Coach, um, before I let you go, real, uh, you, you, you mentioned uh, Coach M.C. Miller. You mentioned Coach Shorter, your dad. Who are some of the other coaches? Um, also, you mentioned Mike Justice and Lynn Moore. Uh, but would you say those were the coaches that maybe kind of shaped your um, style and philosophy, or, or is there anyone else you would like to mention? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Lynn Johnson out of Chicago, Dunbar High School. Uh, simple meat and potatoes guy, uh, Bobby Hall. Uh, he believed in the beer <laughs> and, and, and colorful guys. He sat down and talked with him several times. You know, he coached in Lewis for also. So, uh, a lot of those guys, you know, you learn football from the older guys that's been doing it, and a couple of guys that's in Florida and stuff that shaped my philosophy on football. So, Coach, what would you tell, you know, a young coach that's been in the profession uh, maybe five years or less or even more than five years, um, what would be some advice that you would uh, give to them? Uh, one is um, basically just just be yourself. Two, don't, you know, don't take a pro – don't take a job that's going to be just so where – Nothing is right there at the school, you know, from top to bottom, academics, all the sports and all that stuff is bad. You go there, you get burnt out. You go to, you find your school that's in the middle, in the middle, and that you can, uh, not everybody's, and I, you know, I was just lucky when I went to Diet Academic Center because I took over a team that made the Chicago Sun-Time losing 72 to zero. And I remember reading the paper I'm like, how in the world did you lose 72 to zero? Next thing you know, following year, I'm the head coach of that program. <laughs> so, so you always have to be careful, you know, in what you do and what you say and what you think. And uh, and just keep, just find your system and that you believe in. And like I tell everybody, I believe in defense, special teams, and then offense. That's my philosophy. You do the, those two, special teams get down and defense, you're going to be in a lot of games. And, uh, and make sure you have offense that fits your system. Okay. Okay. And, Coach, offensively, uh, your system is uh, is it very multiple? I know you said you like to stay simple. Uh, 
Oh yeah, uh, I spoke a couple years ago at uh, at the uh, clinic, and I talked on the amoeba offense that we ran at Knoxby County. It's an I formation system, and we get into like wing. Uh, well, the two slots was basically double wings that we got into, and we still run the leads, counters, the traps, the dives, all that up in the eye you know we had that kid that broke the touchdown record in 2012 in the state championship game and we was an eye formation but we to a lot of you know different sets and just ran you know still ran leads dives trap uh power counter trades you know and that's what we ran and we lined up basically in the eye but we also got in some wing look <clears throat> and coach, what now is 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 the amoeba stands for an acronym? Uh well, it's a single it's a single cell, or and our single cell is we are I principal team, but we can line up in trips and still have a fullback back motion back to the I backfield. We do have the I principal, but we can get into. Like an amoeba, it has different shapes. So we can have different shapes, but we're still going to be a power run team that's going to come. We're going to run the eye. We're going to motion back to the eye. Or we're going to get into a split back look, lead, dive, the kickouts, and stuff like that. Still run the counter, run the eye base system. But we give you different looks, shapes. You know, we can line up in the stack eye. We can line up in the power eye. But we're still going to run the leads, the dives, the traps, the veer, the midline, and uh, and the speed sweeps, stuff like that, out of those sets. And those are, uh, are multiple ways to get playmakers the ball uh, without throwing the ball. So uh, that, that yeah. kind of aligns with your philosophy as well. Yeah, so that's 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 what that was the whole part out of it that we did uh we did it when um chris was in a freshman uh matter of fact we played wingfield and at that time wingfield was in our district and it was chris jones first time at quarterback if you talk about a quarterback rating he was off the charts that day he would have scored above the chart i mean we ended up beating wingfield like Matter of fact, Coach Miller came down the sideline and told our offensive coordinator not to score anymore. And it was already um <laughs> it was already 48 to um nothing. And uh and they was a good team. They was a they was a 500 plus team. And they wasn't no pushover. They was five. I think they finished like six and five that year. As a matter of fact, they did finish six and five. But they was a good team. Wow. Well, well, Coach, um, I, re I remember him telling me that story about him playing quarterback. But uh, I, I think at, at some at some point in uh, his career, you guys had him playing out of out of position because he became a much better receiver in college. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Yeah. And he did. And he did. And that was his sophomore year. And then I think he had elbow surgery. Something happened to his elbow. It up. Omar Connors came in right at uh, quarterback. 
and the rest was was history there. He was a great set of yeah. all records in high school, went on to play at Mississippi State, and he's yeah. nice as well. Uh-huh. And he had his good friend Joey Sanders with him. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, Coach Ashford, um, it's been great. Um, I, I think uh, the, the world of the job that you've done at Lanier, um, I know it's not an easy place to – build a program and, and get your team where you have taken your team. So um, I, I thought it was very important that um, I get you on and uh, allow you to share some of the things that's helped you guys have success over the years. But I get that and um, we're going to keep on working. And um, like I said, I at 28 years overall, 22 in the state of Mississippi. And so uh, I was always joking. I said, I got my license renewed. So it, it goes all the way to 2028. So I know I ain't got to, <laughs> I have to do all five. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty much going to do more than the five that I got left anyway. So. No doubt about it, coach. Well, coach, I appreciate it and uh, take care. God bless. All right. Thank you.